Hello, universe. <clears throat> it's now Thursday. It's the 30th of March. And uh, my voice is still a little bit shitty. Or even worse, maybe. <clears throat> can't say. Um, but I can't say that for anybody who listened to that 300th episode, well, uh, I can't blame the mushrooms for the stupidity that comes with thinking that my recording would only be apt for a listening audience that was following and stopping and starting and stopping and starting the same time I did. I, I screwed the whole thing up, which I guess if I'm going to screw up royally in any execution of an idea, I want to do it in a seminal episode like the 300th episode so that that can be the first uh, reinforcement of just how worthless listening to me can be. And in a spirit of creating listenable content, well, I would recommend anyone, even you aliens that are only finding this single artifact to try to determine whether humanity had any will to live or not, just stay away from my 300th episode. It's so embarrassingly bad, I have to leave it up. So, that's its point, to prove how difficult and worthless listening to me can be. Pause. Okay. So, what I want... Well, hang on a second. Okay, unpause. Um, what I was... What's been raining through my head all week. And I'm going to try to blow my nose. I don't think it's going to help, but I'm going to give it a shot. So pause. The very nature of consciousness will forever vex at least my waking thoughts. And <clears throat> what's become undeniable <clears throat> personally is I no longer know how um, distant from my true consciousness my dreaming state is compared to this reality. Meaning, I think I have moments in my dreams where I feel more connected to my entire consciousness, my communicative consciousness, my loving consciousness, my relationable consciousness. In other words, the interactivity I have with Characters in my dreams, in my lucid dreams, are so much more complete than the ones I have here. And my attempt to recreate that level of exchange is always met with reactionary shutdowns from everybody, except one person, and maybe two. But, and this isn't a woe is me uh, a moment either. I'm not even sure that that those aren't just um, uh, misinterpretations on my part or overreaches on my part. I think it might be a complete disconnect from everybody. And that might be the point. Either A, that we're wired that way so that we are completely disconnected from everybody. And that would explain why sometimes there are hiccups. Maybe the disconnects can't be as... Uh, universal as necessary to shut off every open signal that has been created across time and space. But the majority of them certainly feel unfollowed or untethered or unavailable, just non-existent. But once in a while, the connection is palpable. The mental 
connection. And frankly, the one with my mother is the freakiest of all. But all these uh, evidences in dreamland of reality penetrating moments of space-time here were things that, as an analytic, you can dismiss with no issue. They're just coincidental. If they are prognostications of any sort, they are lucky guesses. If you're getting anything right, you're getting right how to uh, romanticize a dream about popcorn into some prolific statement about the universe. Human might be the problem, says the analytic head to the wondering wondering mind. And it's right. That analytic mind is right. Because it will get reinforced as at least correct thinking, if not correct concluding. It doesn't matter that you came up with a conclusion that there's no way these 17 different dreams, all about the same different planet, all in different times, all with different repeating characters telling you similar wisdom nuggets. Well, they're not connected. They're just coincidence. And 17 is about the number where you go, okay, the guy with the fucking purple beard is in how many of my dreams now? How many of my fucking dreams? 20? So who's the guy with the purple beard? Right? I mean, you have to ask yourself that. If you're curious at all about what's going on in your dreamland, you start to see these themes replay over and over again. Or you start to have similar characters or the same character or an identifiable race that is unique to your dreamland. It only comes up at times when you are, in fact, processing your subconscious mind. And you can still readily, easily, and without consequence, dismiss any connectivity here as anything other than your subconscious having a an amusement park day with your conscious mind, which is just filtering out a bunch of repeat nonsense that your days go through. There's quite a bit of justification to determine that that's what all your dreams are. It's just some sort of mental dump filter for that which you don't have time to really think about. So if you're going to dismiss something too easily in your conscious mind that your dream state realizes had a profound impact on your actual subconscious and decision-making textures, then it dreams you through some stuff to make sure you don't overlook that which was right in front of you in reality that you just flat out missed. Pause. And so, as you think down this line of reasoning, what really starts to hit home is you do miss shit. You miss shit all the time. And you misread stuff more than you miss stuff. So even what you catch, you fuck up. And (sighs) the mind, right? Or the emotions. Or the combination. Walking around in this meat suit is tough. There's no doubt about it. Because what you bring to consciousness are three things. Yourself, that which you are manifesting inside the head, the mental voice that you hear, everything that you're saying to yourself, all of that action. That's you, your eternal you. Then there's the meat suit you're wearing. We're all wearing different ones. No one gets the same imprint. 
No soul can imprint into the universe identical to a different one. Well, except split souls and identical twins, whatever. They don't count. But when you're talking about unique individual manifestations, well, we're all unique individual manifestations with unique individual manifestation meat suits. So that's part two. And then part three is every single thing you experience from the time you spit out of that womb, actually from the time your soul enters the, the fetus, and I, no, I have no idea when that fucking is. Nobody, nobody does. Nobody does because we all make the choices to when we want it to happen. So there is no such fucking thing. But it does happen. And when it happens, from there on, you're experiencing. And every single experience you have is both changing you and directing you to a more fulfilling and more uh, fluid or less fluid path to your destiny which you will arrive at unless you are in the uh, arena of a complete fuck-up or you're uh, too weak to make it to your own destiny. And as you get to your destiny, a lot of things can happen. And a lot of things do happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. Earth is the ride. Your destiny is, is inevitable, but your path to your destiny is not at all. Path to your destiny is so wide open that every triggered response you make to your next activity can totally change the route that you're on to something completely new. And thus, even your own timelines are flip-flopping all the time. Because there are certain outcomes of your life that are determined, that you're going to experience. And the thing that I fucked up didn't understand. I now see, huh, oh man, is your final destiny, that which you will experience when it comes to kind of the fulfillment moments of your life where everything ties up, starts to have real purpose. The quality of that fulfillment truly depends on how much of yourself you were on the way. And having been less of myself than maybe anybody, I'm now experiencing the tapestry of outcome potential sitting right in front of me that is dissolving and disintegrating in front of me in real time. I know how fantastic everything can be, but I douchebag my way to this point and I'm earning the karmic retribution that I have to suffer on this planet in order to level out all the douchebaggery that I fucking put into the system. I have to eat that back now like a pile of dog shit on a plate full of misery. The good thing is, I understand that I'm going through this and I have a pretty good attitude about it. The bad thing is, the next stage of what I'm going to move into could be the kind of karmic retribution that... Oh, Lordy, Lordy, might actually make me believe there's a God. I mean, seriously, if this slaps me in the mouth and this isn't me starting the phase of saving the soul of humanity, well then, I'll just wonder what kind of devil I've been. I can look back into my past lives in certain journeys of thought progression and feel my both stumbles and triumphs in those 
incarnations. And it's way more stumble than triumph. I can feel I've been here before when I start making mistakes that are familiar. It's an odd deja vu to have a terror of an outcome that you hadn't even considered until you've made the decision. Because in making the decision, you realize you've made a decision almost identical to this in another life, and it all fucked up this way. And it's like, I didn't even think that that could happen. (gasps) Why did I do this? What am I doing? Man, I've had too many of those moments. A lot of them. And maybe only a third of them actually go down that path of panic. But a third of them, man. Think about that. A third of the things that you're already panicking could go wrong. Then when you do the move, you realize exactly the way they should go wrong, and then they go that way. That's a lot. For somebody who thinks they have some concept of what it's all about, that's too many. That in itself proves, wait, did someone just knock on my door? Hang on. Well, I don't believe anyone knocked on my door, but if they did, they were just uh, quick to get off my porch. The curiosity to me about nature's rhythm lately is, what is that three caw, 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 call of the crow that almost comes in every 12-second intervals? When a crow is sitting on a tree doing that, are they centering for a bunch of other crows? Are they trying to announce their presence so someone else can find them? Are they doing some sort of timekeeping for uh, crows out there doing something in earshot? I just, it's it seems awfully um, rhythmic to not have some sort of communicative purpose. And I do believe ravens, crows, whichever, if that's the same bird, I'm, I'm unaware. I do believe there's a difference probably. Uh, who knows? But, quote me about birds, rarely, if not nevermore, right, Mr. Poe? Instead, I can't fathom a world where we think animals don't have conscious presence. In fact, I'm quite certain I've manifested as an animal in maybe many manifestations as an animal. Um, I don't know that the spiritual life of the animal kingdom isn't a lot richer than the one that is human. Human is about endurance. It's about endurance with yourself. It's a constant battle in your own head about your own worth. Dogs don't go through that. No animal goes through that. And that level of mental torture is a pretty unique human characteristic. This planet, Earth, is the testing ground for your endurance as a mental soul. And frankly, you should be able to endure this stuff. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But thanks to a lot of forces working against that channel of existence and possibility, Earth is loaded with ways that you can fall into mental traps. Mental traps that can keep you on Earth for thousands of cycles, or at least a thousand cycles. And if a cycle is like 125 years, we're talking 12,500 years for some people have been stuck on Earth. And hold on, pause. And when I say stuck on Earth, what I really mean is these were... Um, there are cataclysmic cycles Earth goes through and that happen because of um, energy um, accumulations between the sun and the motion of 
the planets or the spinning of matter in general, that which is um, your um, your movement in the ether. The two things, centrifugal motion, the spin of the universe, as it were, and our misconception of empty space as being empty, which is the opposite of what it is. All space is occupied. But it doesn't... Um, so, <coughs> inside of all of this um, available uh, potential existence, and, and we're only uh, seeing and experiencing that which we can see and experience in this carbonized life form. The truly unique thing about us is that we're a carbon-based, third-density life form with consciousness. The ability to experience an internal dialogue. Not only an internal dialogue, but the ability to share it. And that's truly what breaks the, the, the existence barrier in this realm, is our ability to see into each other's minds. And I don't know that that's even been figured out. It's why it's shut down. But even so, even without directly connecting mentally, we still have all of the associated rhythm and feeling that comes with being able to harmonize and do it. We're just not making the connection. But we're having all of the intuition that comes with it. And you have to manifest as a human to understand that in that condition, what comes the most is flat-out suffering. It's bullshit. Because if you can read each other's thoughts, you always know what's going on. There's no suffering. There's no even emotional flutter of it. And so in this realm... The emotional texture you have is complete. We run the entire emotional gamut, all 360 degrees of it, from loneliness to utter fulfillment. It's all there. And yet we have none of the direct connectivity to support it. So we are isolated with vibrational hums we can't understand. They don't make sense to us because we're misreading everything around us because we're getting too much information with no direct input. And, um, boy, did it take me a long time to understand this. And if you are empathic, if you have a skill for reading other people's emotions, you will just find yourself so uncertain in this universe. I mean, if I think about how much feeling I get of disruption or dissociation from people, it makes me weep. It's tearing me up right now. It's so easy to just feel the discordant vibration of this community. And I don't I don't ever want to, you know, get swept into that because I am not that person, nor is humanity built on those intuitions. We've been coaxed into a competitive environment in which instead of supporting each other universally, we fight against each other individually. And 
We fight for everything. We fight for respect. We fight for communal adornment. We fight for our positions in leadership. We fight each other in our activities and our accolades goes to those go to those of us who fight the hardest. And it's uh, it's truly it winds us down to those who win and those who lose. And those who lose end up at least not so misguided that the game gets to them and changes them at a, at a level they have to relive to shake themselves up. Because not only do we infect our losers with the idea that they deserve to lose, but our winners start to think they deserve to win. And that's the worst of the mindsets to leave Earth with. Because no one deserves to win. In fact, that concept is unique to Earth. Well, not to Earth, but there are very few competitive and and hyper-aware enough conscious existences that offer that hubris to be realized at the level it is on Earth. And because it's being realized now at the biggest vibrational hum possible, everyone's suffering. <sighs> Everyone is suffering. So, that's what needs to get fixed. And, uh, and I know, I tried for a year to give nothing but encouragement and universal love to an entire staff full of people in a capacity of 100% friendship. And I pulled it off for the most part. One dude that I fucking can't take. But I, you know, even there, I've learned to forgive myself and forgive the entire situation. But whatever. I wasn't perfect. That's for sure. But I would give myself a B plus on consistently uh, contributing uh, harmonic uh, vibration to the entire uh, assemblage. Can I be more uh, instruction manual in my talkage? Probably not. But uh, I do feel like it's incumbent upon me now to leave people on a good note. I've not been a good person at exiting uh, the direct contact relationship side of my friendships, which I'm going to in a few situations here. So... Those are critical, but I think I've had enough of an impact on the entire group that I should leave them all on a high note, because at this point, I just don't know whose impact has been there to be had that maybe I overlooked, who might reach out to me if I was just to make the first gesture of saying, thanks for being a good coworker. I appreciate it all the time we got to spend together. Maybe that's enough of a, hey, yeah, I never got to tell you that I always thought this, and then all of a sudden, bam, we're friends. Who knows? I don't want to say that's not possible, so why not give all those sparks a chance to turn onto a fire? And for once in my life, I'm not going to fear that I overwhelm people even as I leave them into a circumstance in which they no longer really think about me because I'm gone. But I think about them because I'm no longer there and they're the four or five people I really miss. 
The downside to that is those four or five people will eventually get too much activity from me to want to talk to me beyond, hey, dude, uh, you could lighten up on how much texting you do. So my plan is to, A, kind of just let those people dictate how much interaction we have. Let's face it. I'm going to move to something else. I'm going to get infatuated with 150 other people. Who knows what's going to happen? This is just my life today. And my life today doesn't look anything like it looks a year from now. So for once in my life, I'm not going to force the issue with anybody and just see what happens. I don't have any other plan than that because I don't need one. But I do know that if I don't start expressing kindness, understanding, and forgiveness toward everybody in the universe, my impact is not being realized. So I have to figure out a way to do that. And so that's really why I quit my job.